to another exciting episode of the Spectacular Salva Summer Era podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. Joining me is Drew from Screen Rant. Hello, everyone. Web's up. Tonight, we are talking about Spectacular Spider-Man issue 164, Bugged by the Beetle. And Drew has the plot synopsis for us. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Spectacular Spider-Man issue 164. That would be Bugged. Uh, written by Jerry Conway, of course, pencils and inks by the great Sal Bashema, uh, colorist Bob Sharon, letterer Rich Parker, and editor Jim Salkrup. So, after six weeks out of prison, we have the Beetle flying across New York City, paranoid because he keeps seeing Spider-Man and he can't handle getting arrested again. Uh, he has a meeting with Kingpin's assistant, the Arranger. The Arranger says he wants to hire him to kill Spidey, but the Beetle says, I'm not interested because I only want to do straight crimes. So as the Arranger says, fine, there's a job uh, robbing an armored car. But of course, after the Beetle leaves, the Arranger picks up the phone and asks to call the Daily Bugle for Peter Parker. And Peter Parker's day off with his lovely wife, Mary Jane, is of course ruined by the, the Bugle asking him to come over to do the exclusive. While they're doing the exclusive with the arranger, <clears throat> Peter and his, his uh, I guess, associate, Joy Mercado, uh, are told that that arranger's employer, Wilson Fisk, wants to do his civic duty and provide information about the heist. Uh, although suspicious by this, Peter can't interrupt the good intel, and in which he interrupts the Beetle, who basically feels that this is too good to be true. They fight it. Beetle realizes the arranger set him up. The battle is essentially stopped by Spider-Man, and the Arranger continues his interview, only to find out that the Beetle not only failed to stop Spider-Man, but he's coming to get him for setting him up. Once the Beetle is there and trying to kill the Arranger, uh, and now his witness, Joey Mercado, Spider-Man comes in, uh, they fight again, but of course the battle is taken outside where the Beetle seemingly perishes. But he does not. Webslinger continues to basically fight back. And essentially, this entire thing becomes one big uh, question of why the Arranger is covering up. Uh, likely, he's trying to cover up his gang war that he basically started with the Lobo brothers in our previous issues. Uh, in the end, Spider-Man defeats the Beetle. The Beetle is left to essentially go to jail. The Arranger is now sent to deal with his boss. And Peter Parker ends up in bed with Mary Jane. End of story. But yeah, so that was that was it. It was pretty good overall. What did you think, Chris? The Spectacular Spider-Man 143, 152, 153, and Web of 53 through 55 is when the gang war with the Lobo brothers happened. And of course, the mm -hmm. uh, the Web's book uh, that the Arranger happens to have a copy of, because of course the Kingpin would have a copy of that book. He probably uses it as a dartboard. Uh, first appeared in the Web Amazing Spider-Man number 304 when Jameson revealed to Peter that he had collected all of his photographs and was going to send him on a world tour. And that was kind of fun, because Peter, uh, throughout those uh, months, two or three months of Web Amazing and Spectacular, was basically popping up in different cities and fighting different bad guys um, that he wouldn't normally run into sometimes. Um, not that he hadn't fought these people before, but it was just kind of like, uh, hey, what are you doing here, Boomerang, kind of situation. And Boomerang's not necessarily a Spider-Man foe per se. He's kind of like one of those, you know, low-level Marvel uh, villains and eventually would become, of course, you know, roommates with Peter. The Beetle, I don't think we'll see him again um, until uh, the following year in the uh, Deadly Foes of Spider-Man miniseries. And then after that, I think he wouldn't pop up again for quite a while until he becomes uh, Mach 5 of the Thunderbolts. And I will which also he would, say, by the way, he note, currently we... remains 
Mach whatever the number's up to, Mach 10. I think it was the last uh, iteration oh, of his yeah. armor. Yeah, he's he's been on the straight and narrow path as a Thunderbolt for quite a number of years. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the uh, doing the Rick Flag, Deadshot, Harley Quinn way, like the on Suicide Squad. He just keeps coming back. The fight scenes in um, every single page are fantastic and very indicative of Sal Basema with the with the way that the strikes happen between the two foes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, Sal just knows how to choreograph her scenes so well. And it's very cinematic. Like, you could easily see it being very well adapted into, like, a film or even translated animated style. It would still look fantastic. And it would look pretty accurate to how it looked in, in the screen. Um, the thing I just really enjoyed was this idea that the Beetle is terrified of Spider-Man to the point where he would turn down. I just think that one of my favorite parts of this whole thing was just this idea that the Beetle is so terrified of Spider-Man, not just Spider-Man, of, of getting caught and ending up back in jail, that he will literally turn down the Ranger, who's a representative of the Kingpin, his offer, like, you got to do this. He's like, no, I can't. I'm going straight. I only want to do easy jobs. And the arranger is just, of course, you know, gives him the easy way out, but it's everything but. So this is just a gigantic uh, game of manipulation. How many strings can I pull to get myself out of this hole? And in the end, the arranger ends up loser because nothing worked out and everything fell apart. And I think it's just so amusing to see somebody um, in the Kingpin's team sweating because he's he's gonna have to pay for his failures so that to me was just you know again it was nice to see that accountability because you always kind of wonder it reminded me of a, a, a an issue where you had something like that um forgot what, what the book was but it was just essentially a a, a, a subordinate of kingpin um had to essentially pay for the failure of his of his scheme that was foiled by Spider-Man with his life. So, you know, it's just nice to know that, again, there's accountability everywhere. But overall, great issue. Although it's really sad because it really makes you realize that the Beatle was very much a, a kind of C-list supervillain. He didn't really do much till he was put in a place where he could, like the Thunderbolt. Did you know the Beatle was the first villain to... Sh- to um, uh... Was he the first villain? No, he was the origin story villain. Who he was the first villain to pop up on the Amazing Spider Spider Man and his Amazing Friends animated series in the eighties. I did not actually. Yeah, he's in the origin wow. of the Amazing Friends episode, I believe, or he's in the first episode of the show. I think he's in the origin episode because Stan Lee um, <laughs> narrate narrated several of those episodes. Of course, true believers. <laughs> it was always fun to listen to Stan's yeah. uh, narration. Which, by the way, if you are interested in seeing the Beatle, he of course also appears on the Iron Man animated series from the nineties, and both of those shows are on Disney Plus. There you go, got a nice little plug there. Now, Ranger um, was he ever on the Netflix show? He was, I, wasn't he? The Daredevil show. So. Yeah, I think he was in the first season. Isn't he the guy who gets killed by uh, Karen Page? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, I think I I feel like that's it. Spider-Man yeah. messes the Beetle up something serious. Like he's got like missing teeth and his blacked out eye and uh, the Beetle's like thinking to himself the entire time when Peter's at home about like wow, Spider-Man is uh really just it's like I I took away his best gal and it's like no, this was like the one day his wife and him were going to have a whole day they could spend together and he took a photo assignment for the Daily Bugle because he needs the money they need the money and sure enough 
uh, it turns into an all-out freaking battle across the city with a supervillain. Yeah, he was exactly. not planning and... on being Spider-Man today. If he didn't, if he couldn't help it, you know what I mean. It was probably one of those things that unless he was in the vicinity of the crime happening, he was not going to just go out web slinging looking for. Because he does that sometimes. He'll go out like Batman. He'll go patrolling. You know what I mean. He'll go looking for a crime. But at the same time, if there's days off, he's not going to do it, and it's not going to be like a, a whole Uncle Ben situation. He's just going to be like, mm-hmm. you know, if he sees the crime, he'll help stop it. Otherwise, he's not going to go looking for it. And that was what today yeah. was supposed to be, unfortunately. And uh, that ended up not happening. Do you remember what the Beatles' original costume looked like, by the way, from back in the 60s? It was pretty bad. Yeah, it was really cheesy. It, it was, was very 60s. It was awful with the suction cup fingers and the bowl head. Yeah, it it was one of those where it's like we we couldn't do one more drawing we can, one more time. I mean, but, I don't remember yeah. who created the beetle, but I do remember, I think he first appeared in tales to astonish. Um, uh, I'm looking it up right now. Yep. T- oh, sorry. Strange tales. So it was close. Strange tales, number 123, 1964. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And currently, but, by the way, he is called mock 10. Yeah, his first nice. appearance as the uh, as Mach One was uh, the Incredible Hulk number four hundred and forty nine with the other Thunderbolts. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, and he'd have um, various uh, Abner Jenkins, of course, is his name, and he'd have various uh, you know roles, and he would he would be part of the Frightful Four for a hot five minutes, but not really you know kind of stay with that. So, um, but uh, I I do like what they did with the Beetle later on, turned him into a, a hero. You know what I mean? And he's not this like loser character. There was like a bulky Beetle armor that that appeared in the Thunderbolts that they actually made into a toy. I do have that toy. It's the only Beetle figure that I have. Um, I mm-hmm. don't have the female Beetle, which is of course uh, who we've talked about before is uh, uh, Tombstone's daughter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, something Marsh. Yeah, so the and of course at the back of it, it says next issue two new spider foes are out to make the uh, arranger's funeral arrangements in our arachno thriller you can't afford to miss. What's that to crave more? Oh, it's a web of Spider-Man number sixty-five, the last acts of vengeance, which we've actually already talked about. And then over in Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man has to deal with Venom and Sticks and Stone. Sticks and Stone are just like Night and Fog, very nineties villains that nobody has ever used again past the nineties. <laughs> um, and then of course they're also plugging the um, in another month, Spider-Man number one will come out, but Todd McFarlane. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So uh, Drew, where can people find you? Um, yep, I'm on Facebook, Drew Malo. I'm on Go- I'm Ghostbuster Man 1984 on Instagram. I'm putting out a bunch of content weekly via Screen Rant. I do a lot of things on the Dorking, a lot of responsibilities. I work with Dr. Chris here on all sorts of projects. I don't know how <laughs> just I one other project really. <laughs> Email me thatradiohar at gmail dot com. Apparently, we're not on iTunes. I don't know why, so why we'll be fixing that soon. So don't worry. We'll be back in a couple weeks with the next exciting issue of Spectacular Spider-Man here on the Sal Basama Era podcast. Yeah.